Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to a Monday here on The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for listening today. And as we begin the program, what's your favorite movie? Do you have a favorite one? Something maybe back from the black and white era of Hollywood? Or is your top movie choice something maybe in the last decade or two? And how many times have you watched that favorite movie? Or is it hard for you to pin down a favorite movie? There's just too many good ones out there. There's a lot of bad ones too, though. I know, I know. (laughs) And I don't know if I have any absolute favorite movie. I love good stories, so I enjoy many different movies and in different genres. But if I was going to try and say one or two, I, I don't know, maybe Casablanca, that might be near the top for me. Great movie. Humphrey Bogart. Uh, Now, here's a different question for you. Have you ever tried to watch a movie that's highly recommended, something that nearly everyone else seems to love, but for whatever reason, when you watch it, when you finally sit down and you give it that hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is, you find you don't like it. You think you must be missing something. Somehow that movie, it just doesn't do it for you. You wonder what everybody else sees in it that makes it so great for them. That's happened to me on a few different occasions. Sometimes I think it's because a movie is more a product of its time. You know, it's something that really spoke to the audience when it first came out, when it was originally released. But that message is, is it's not quite as relevant when you watch it 30, 40, 50 years later, whatever, you know, the distance might be of the release date. But there's one movie that I watched, and I don't think it was because of the date. I don't think of uh, because of how old it was, but I had that experience where I just didn't see what everybody else loved about this movie. And it bothered me more than any other movie because it's a movie that's always at the top of lists as being one of the very best movies ever made. And if I say that, you might know. You might say, yep, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, everyone reveres this movie as amazing. It's influenced countless directors and actors. And so when I was in my early 20s, I said, okay, let me sit down and watch this. So I rented a VHS copy of Citizen Kane. That tells you how long ago this was. And I sat down to watch what was supposed to be this masterpiece. And two hours later, I'm sitting there puzzled saying, what am I missing? Why does everyone think this movie is so wonderful? I honestly didn't see anything special about Citizen Kane. And that's kind of how my opinion stayed of this movie for a long time. Now, many years later, I was talking with a friend who, when during the course of conversation, we happened to get on the topic of movies, he said that same thing that so many other people have said. Oh, wonderful movie, Citizen Kane. Love it. So I explained my, you know, my experience. I watched it. It was completely lost on me. Whatever makes it so great, I didn't get it. And... We were at that time when we're having that conversation, DVDs were 
finally around. And my friend suggested, you know, I've got this copy of Citizen Kane, and it has a commentary provided by Roger Ebert, the famous movie critic. And he said, watch it with this commentary, because that commentary gives insight into a lot of things that are happening in the movie that you might not realize. A lot of the camera work, the innovations that are done. My friend was so adamant about this that I w- I, it would change my view of the film, so I decided, all right, I'll give it another chance. Now, I knew who Roger Ebert was, but I'd never read any of his columns. I had occasionally watched some of those Siskel and Ebert shows on television where they'd review different movies. I'd seen his name up on the posters for different movies, especially when it had the two thumbs up endorsement from Siskel and Ebert. But that was really about all my knowledge of Roger Ebert. So I went into watching this commentary kind of indifferent with an attitude, you know, of of what he might say about the movie. But my friend was absolutely correct. Sitting there for those couple of hours, hearing that commentary from Ebert, it really opened up this immense appreciation for all that happens through the course of Citizen Kane. Roger Ebert, he talked about so many different ways that Orson Welles did things in that movie that had never been done before. The different angles, the different focus that he used, different ways that the camera, uh, ways that had never been thought of to use a camera. So that, that commentary from Ebert changed me from being this skeptic or rejecting Citizen Kane to now being an honest admirer of all that went into making that film. So is Citizen Kane my favorite movie? No, it's not. Uh, But being introduced to Roger Ebert, hearing his insights on that movie, it really did turn me around. I went from simply having watched the movie back in my 20s and dismissing it to now having this better knowledge of everything that went into it how he, and also how instrumental that movie was for the future of filmmaking all the decades that would come after it. When we're introduced to somebody like that, somebody who has that special insight, who has the knowledge of what they're talking about, it can make a huge impact on how we see something in a new way. Even for something that was already familiar to us, it can take on a new importance when we encounter somebody who has that ability to bring a new perspective to us, a deeper understanding, a way to connect better than we ever had before. And this is kind of a similar experience that I had when I first started learning about Mary and her role in salvation history. Mary, the mother of Jesus. I came into the church as a convert with no real understanding of how Mary is viewed within the church. I was mistaken in my thoughts of how she, I thought she detracted from love and worship of Jesus, but I was wrong. I didn't realize how much I was missing in not having that relationship with Mary, not yet being introduced to her and allowing her then to bring me to an even deeper love of her son. I didn't realize how she'd help me to know Jesus even better. And that's what we want to spend this hour discussing today on The Inner Life. What is devotion to Mary? How can knowing Jesus' mother help us to love Jesus even more, to know him better? And I want to open up the phone lines, too, and invite you with your calls. When did you first come to a better understanding of Mary's intercession for you? How has Mary helped you to know Jesus better? What role has Mary played in your life? Our studio line is 888-914-9149, And our spiritual director joining us today as we talk about 
devotion to Mary, Father Sean Grismer. He's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford. He's the associate pastor of St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park, Illinois. Father Grismer, welcome back to The Inner Life. Good to talk with you today. Uh, are you a fan of Citizen Kane? To be honest, Josh, I've never never seen it. I have, I'm a, I love movies, so I will put that on my list to go see. Well, sure. and now you right. got to look for that commentary by Roger Ebert. If there's uh, if you walk away the same way I did, saying, "Okay, I, I need to know more. Why why do people love this movie so much?" Now you now you know yeah. how I kind of came around on that. But well, yeah, I appreciate that. I respect Roger Ebert a lot. Yeah. Today, as we do talk about Mary, it might be good to just start with clarifying and clearing up some of those common misconceptions about Mary. Uh, first of all, there is this notion that Catholics worship Mary, and let, let's talk about that, that worship is only for God. Um, we, let's make a distinction between you know words that we use and what they really mean. Um, no Catholic worships Mary. What is Mary's role in the life of a Catholic? So I think if we just look at Scripture, we see the, the role of Mary um, in salvation history, which is what you had spoken about previously, but also it helps us understand what is Marian devotion or like the role of Mary within the life of a Christian. So Mary was chosen by God to give birth to Christ. And what happens is immediately after she conceives Christ within her womb, she goes out in service of her cousin Elizabeth. So Mary is this figure for us who is receptive to Christ, and then she brings him to others in this service role. So if we look at that as sort of a a base, and then we move forward in Scripture and we look at when Mary is at the wedding feast at Cana, and she says to Jesus, they have no wine. And he says, woman, what is this to do with me? My hour hasn't come. And it, she doesn't, they don't have like a dialogue. That was it. And then she goes and says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And so she brings these servants to Christ, and Christ says, take this water, fill these jars with water, and then he takes it out, and it's wine. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit more, and we come to the to the end of the to the end of the, the the earthly life of Christ, where he is on the cross, and he looks down and he says, "Woman, behold your son." And then he looks at the beloved disciple and says, "Son, behold your mother." And it says the beloved disciple took her into his home. So, the question a little bit further then we would also have is the, the, the night or the, the day that Pentecost happens is you have the fire of the Holy Spirit that comes upon the apostles and Mary who are all gathered together. So, so her role within the, within the scripture narrative is, is radically important. And it would be sometimes if we just walked into a Catholic church and we saw a statue of Mary or an image of Mary and the candles by Mary, we would think, oh my gosh, these people worship Mary. But when we connect it to Scripture, we start to see that Christ intended Mary to be one to lead us to Him. And so when we look at Mary in devotion, or when we look at Mary in prayers, using language like we pray, we don't pray to Mary. We sometimes will say that, oh, I'll, I'll pray a Hail Mary, I'll pray, to, I'll pray to the Blessed Mother. When I say the word to, Oftentimes, I use that word synonymously with 
through. Now, our language is important, but sometimes we we concise it or we we you know we make um, shorter words out of longer words. And so the the word that we want to say is through. I'll pray through Mary to Jesus. And so this it's not this worship of Mary. There's actually a distinction that we give complete adoration and worship and reverence only to Jesus. Um, we give honor to our Blessed Mother. So the, the word is latria for Jesus. We give latria, this praise and adoration to God. And then we give dulia and hyperdulia, which is reverence and honor to the saints. And then hyperdulia is strictly for our Blessed Mother. So she is the one that we give the most reverence to, not placing her upon a pedestal as God or a goddess, but simply allowing her to be one who we venerate as having said the most perfect fiat to the Father so that Christ could be born in her. Now, as I said, you know, before coming into the church, I had this idea that this hyperdulia, this place of honor, that that could detract from worship of Christ. How would you answer that criticism if somebody says, yeah, why do we need Mary involved in this at all? It, it, it just distracts from Jesus, or it distracts from worshiping the triune God. Uh, how, how, how would you counter that and say, well, <laughs> actually, to the contrary, uh, how, <laughs> how would you help them understand? I, I, I think I would ask this question. First off, do you have any friends? And the answer would hopefully be yes. And then I would say, when you get to know your friend's mother or father, does it take away from your friendship with that person? And the answer is inevitably, hopefully, going to be no. In fact, it actually gives me greater insight into my friend. It gives me insight into what they were like when they were kids, what they were like when they were younger. When I have a friendship with when I have a friendship, but I get to know my friend's family, it actually increases my love, hopefully increases my love of my friend and it increases my knowledge of them. So, so when we talk about Christ, when I get to know our Blessed Mother, or I have a quote unquote relationship with her. I'm not, detra- it's not a detraction from Christ, but because we believe that this life and the next are interconnected, that is like, there's not a cessation that doesn't, this life we may die, but it, our souls continue on. It doesn't cease to exist. That something continues on and that, that they're interconnected. Otherwise, um, otherwise Christ, you know, the whole ascension and all that wouldn't make sense. Then we can have a relationship with the saints in heaven, those who have gone before us, who are in the blessedness of the Lord, who see him face to face. And we, we believe and profess that Mary is, um, the queen of all the saints. And if we can have a relationship with her, then it can actually increase our love and relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I also like the fact that Jesus having a mother here on earth, it only helps mm. reinforce the fact that he, number one, there's not this question of, is he fully God and fully man? Yes, there's the humanity side. It's not just that he's God with the appearance of being a human. No, he, he physically was you know, brought into this world, growing as every other human has, nine months in pregnancy there with Mary. Um, so that part I really like, but I, I also like the fact that, that it lends credence then 
to what St. Paul goes on to say, that um, outside of actually committing sin, Christ has basically gone through everything that we would be going through in our lives, the different joys, the sufferings, uh, you know, the hopes, the, all those different things. And so it helps for us to be able to approach Jesus, I think, in a better way, knowing Mary's role as his mother. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, you're spot on, and the more we get to understand or the more that we spend time meditating on the life of Christ, it would be a disservice to him if we do not consider those 30 years of the silent years where he was at home in the home of Mary and Joseph. And what did he learn? And what did he suffer in that time? He had to learn how to walk. He had to learn how to um, do all the things that little boys do. He had to learn those things. And it, it behooves us. It, it, it actually increases our faith in him. If we're like, oh, wow, he was a human and holy divine and human, and he grew in the presence of Mary and Joseph. Our spiritual director today, Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and we're talking about Mary how we can have that devotion to Mary, uh, her role in helping us to know Jesus better. How has Mary helped you to know and love Jesus better? What role has she played in your life? Our studio line, 888-914-9149. We also are taking your emails at innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, we've got Judy, who's calling in from Chicago. Hi, Judy. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Oh, hi. Thank you. Go ahead. You're on the air with Father Grismer. Oh, hi. Father, I, I have to tell you, I when I was about 12, I was getting into a pretty deep relationship with Jesus. And I would go to church and always, you know, go to the statue and say prayers or in the pew. And, and Mary was beautiful, beautiful statue and everything. But I didn't think that it was, not to be mean, but important to go to her. So as I was praying to Jesus and uh, you know, like I said, I, I had a good relationship, started to have a real good relationship at 12 years old. I I actually got a message from him that says, go to my mother. And I was mm-hmm. really surprised because it was like a voice telling me that I want you to go to my, go through to my mother. And that's what started a really beautiful relationship with his mother. Wow, that is that's a beautiful story, Judy. Thanks for sharing that. And it, and it's not a surprise that you would you would experience that in prayer, um, because it's the sin of Adam and Eve. Uh, there was a male and female who caused the fall. In order to save us, there has to be this male and female dimension. It's why Mary is often called the New Eve. So although we may we may like the New Adam and just hang out with him, he's like, hey, don't forget don't forget about the New Eve. Um, she has a very important role to play, and so I, I appreciate you sharing that story because I think it's um, it's very it's a testament to that that Jesus even even now looks upon us and says, "Behold your mother, behold your mother, um, not just mine but yours as well." So thanks, Judy. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for the call, Judy. And if you're listening, and you'd like to join the conversation as we're talking about 
how we can get to know Mary better, how we can grow in our devotion to her, and, and what has helped you to have that better knowledge of Mary, and what role has she played in your life in getting to know her son better, in introducing you to Jesus. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, email address, relevantradio.com. We'll take more of your phone calls and continue our conversation with Father Sean Grismer in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, associate pastor of St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park, Illinois, and our studio line, 888-914-9149. As today we talk about Mary, and when did you first come to that better understanding of Mary and how she intercedes for you? How has Mary helped you to know her son, Jesus, better? What role has she played in your life? Our studio line again, 888-914-9149. And Father, a lot of calls. I love the fact that whenever we talk about the Blessed Mother, people just are so excited to share how she's worked in their lives. But before we go back to the phones, I really was struck by uh, one paragraph in the Catechism where it talks about the role of Mary in the life of the Church, in the role of our worship of God. And this is paragraph 971 of the Catechism, where it states, the Church's devotion to the Blessed Virgin is intrinsic to Christian worship. And that word intrinsic, it really stood out to me. And as I was thinking about that this morning, I actually looked up intrinsic in a thesaurus, just to see, okay, what are some of the other synonyms out there for intrinsic? And some of the words I I found, elemental, essential, fundamental, inherent. So uh, can, can I ask you then, why does the Church say that devotion to Mary is intrinsic or essential or fundamental in Christian worship, in our worship of God? And, and what are we missing if we leave Mary out of the mix in our worship of God? Yeah, those are good questions. I I think very simply, Josh, Christ did not choose to come into this world without her. Um, And he has has not chosen to save it without her. And so our relationship with him to be intrinsic, that that church, the church's devotion. So not just like an individual member, but the church's devotion to the Blessed Mary is intrinsic, which means all of our, um, every one of us, it's, it, 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 ought, it lends itself that it ought to be part of our worship as well, um, because Christ has chosen to bring salvation through Mary as the crowning point of salvation. You know, when he created, when God created Adam and Eve and, and the whole creation story, it's this beautiful, everything becomes more 
intimate. Everything, it starts vague and light, dark and sun and moon and water and trees and everything becomes more intimate. And Eve becomes the crowning of God's creation. So even when we talk about what is true femininity, it's like, well, it's the, the crowning of God's creation. And in the most pure and, and holiest sense, when when God shows Mary to bring salvation through her by Jesus, uh, he was giving us a pathway. So what are we missing when we when we don't have that um well, we are. We're missing something essential. We're missing something that can can lead us towards Christ and into Christ in a more beautiful and perfect way. Consider this for an example. When you are learning a trade, you want to learn by somebody who can A, who, who is experienced in it, and B, who can teach it well. Well, if we believe heaven and earth are intermingled, then why would I not go to the person who said yes to God, who gave her fiat in a most perfect way and can teach us how to have a relationship with her son. It would be silly for me not to do so. So we're missing a key element of learning who Jesus is without our blessed mother. That's beautiful. Uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Anthony who's listening in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hi, Anthony. You're on the air here on The Inner Life. Hi, let me get my... uh thing off speaker here and um, I will say that we are the the operators of uh, radio station KMMK in the Cedar Rapids area and it's named after Maximilian Mary Colby and we originally just picked his name out of the hat basically as being a patron saint of amateur radio but there was much more deeper uh, Mariology behind him and we've since 2018 when we went on the air we started to dig uh, deep into all these things that he's had to say about Mary. And I will just say, uh, you know, a couple of things somebody said about a dream or, you know, something where the Lord spoke to them and said about the, the Blessed Mother. We, I had a very hard to decipher a message from God at my father's uh, funeral, and it said, build an electronic rosary. And I could do that because I'm an engineer and I actually went that direction. But after a while, kind of like St. Francis, when he had that rebuild my church and it turned out to be a bigger thing, we finally figured out that it was to build this radio station. And I I think, so that's kind of in a nutshell, like how we got involved with it. But probably the best thing to say in a short amount of time is actually the consecration to Mary written by Maximilian Mary Colby. And his uh, organization is carried on today by the Militia Immaculata, as well as the Colby Shrine. But would you let me say that? It's, it takes me one minute. I put this on the air. So it takes one minute. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure, uh, Anthony. Um, I, I'd probably like to let Father respond to you, especially in regards okay. to uh, Maximilian Colby, St. Maximilian Colby and his work, especially... Um, in, in promoting devotion to our Blessed Mother. Yeah, Anthony, I, I want to commend you on your your response to the Lord from um, your father's funeral and taking, we often take things literally from the Lord and then later on we realize more and more like, oh, he meant, he meant something much bigger <laughs> than I could have ever anticipated. Um, and I love that you say we, we picked Maximilian Colby's name out of a hat as uh, this amateur for an amateur radio 
Um, but he had, I mean, he was, his influence in promotion of Jesus through Mary was, was, was unheard of during his time. Um, and I, 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 I love for St. Maximilian Colby, a deep love for him. He has, um, so many writings specifically on Our Lady, um, as the Immaculata, the Immaculata, which she proclaims in Lourdes, um, in Lourdes, France. But what's interesting is, um, that St. Maximilian Kolbe uh, was a, in his, in his, he wasn't the first one to talk about this consecration, but you're absolutely right, Anthony, a consecration to Jesus through Mary. Um, he wrote an eight-day one, and um, St. Louis de Montfort, many years prior, had suggested a 33-day one, and of course, of course, there's no like, this is better, this is better, that doesn't, we don't get into that because it's all about the heart posture. But I think Maximilian Kolbe is a man who has an incredible heart posture towards receptivity to Jesus because of the Blessed Mother. And so he gave himself he gave himself to her, and then we know that she takes everything that we give, and she never holds on. This is the difference, right? That she never holds on to it for herself. She always gives it over to Christ. And just like if I were to want to give a gift I, I can I can give it to somebody and say, Can you can you wrap this? I'm not a really good rapper, but I want to give this gift to somebody. Can you do that? And they take what we have, wrap it, make it beautiful, and then give it as our gift. So um what it sounds like to me, Anthony, is that what you're doing in Theater Rapids is exactly that. That you have you've given your fiat to our Lord through Mary and Mary is taking it, wrapping it and presenting it to him and and the amount of many, the amount of souls and and people that you're coming in contact with and touching with that is is tremendous. So thank you for your for your ministry. Yeah, thanks, Anthony and uh, Father. A lot of phone calls. In fact, all of our lines are full right now. So let's try and go to let's go to Maggie. She's listening in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Hi, Maggie. You're on the air with Father Grismer. Hello. Um, I want to say that when when um, my as a child growing up in the Catholic Church, I was intrigued with Mary, and I thought it was very cool. But I focused more on the fact that she gave us this baby. I was very baby crazy, and I loved you know following that piece of her. And uh, but it was when I was a mother that had a child that was suffering badly from addictions and poor decisions and all sorts of things, carrying this horrible cross that I was at mass. One morning and on the side altar, there was a beautiful, beautiful depiction of the Pieta and the sadness on Mary's face, holding Christ. That was my moment of bonding with her, um, realizing that she shared this kind of pain with me as a mother. Yeah, Maggie, thank you for sharing that. And I think that's, that's such a key element of our Christian identity is knowing that we can relate to the people, those who have gone before us, specifically our Blessed Mother, as we speak about her, specifically about Mary, that everything we have gone through, she has gone through, right? She didn't commit sin, but it doesn't mean she didn't suffer. It doesn't mean she didn't experience great loss and great hurt and great pain. And more and more, as we, as we learn in our lives, we connect with people through suffering, through joys, through positives, but often it's in moments of great suffering that we create those bonds with people. And so I love that our Blessed Mother was able to relate with you in that suffering and give, it's in relating that we also find peace. So I'm grateful for, um, for your sharing that with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. 
Our spiritual director here on the program, Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford. Today we're talking about how we can have that devotion to Mary, our Blessed Mother. When did you first come to a better understanding of Mary's intercession for you? How has Mary helped you to know Jesus better, know her son better? How has she introduced you in a different way to her son? What role has Mary played in your life? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, And I want to also let you know about a special offering that we have for you. It's a book by Father Rocky, our executive director here at Relevant Radio. It's called Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By. And the best part about this, uh, I mean, the, the best part is the content inside the book, but the other best part is the fact that it's absolutely free. If you go to our website, relevantradio.com, or if you have the Relevant Radio app on your mobile device and you click there, you're going to see a banner for the book, Marriage Insurance. And if you click on that, you can register and we'll send it to you absolutely free. You don't have to pay for the book. You don't have to pay for the shipping. Uh, We'll send it to you. Just give it a few weeks to make it out to your house. But um, sign up. And uh, again, it really is a fantastic book. I talked a little about it last week. And Father Rocky, he has these 12 different rules. And he says, you know, if you enter into marriage and you follow these 12 rules, I, I, you know, if you paid me a thousand dollar premium, I'd pay you a million dollars if your if your marriage fell apart. Now, yeah, of course, he's not selling actual uh, uh, <laughs> options for you to purchase that kind of insurance. But the idea is there are some things that you can do in your marriage that really will give you some solid uh, footing that you can stand on. Uh, If you have a son or daughter, maybe a grandson or granddaughter that are looking at possibly entering into marriage, it's a great gift for them. But of course, if you are married yourself, there might be some valuable insights that you could see and apply in your own marriage. Uh, The uh, way to find it, way to get it, just go to the Relevant Radio website, relevantradio.com, or click on the banner that you see there on the Relevant Radio app. And we'll be back with more on Mary and our relationship with Mary, our devotion to Mary, and more of your phone calls here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks so much for listening to The Inner Life today here on Relevant Radio. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford. And today talking about Mary, her role in our lives, how she leads us to her son, how we can foster and develop that devotion to Our Lady, and how has Mary introduced you to her son? How has she helped you to know and love Jesus better? What role has she played in your life? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, And Father, before we go back to the phones, have you had that experience in your own life where Mary has played a pivotal role in some fashion, helping you in the way that you know Christ better? Yeah, I... I um... I would say that there's multiple times in my life where I could I could point to it and say that was a moment where Mary assisted me. But I think one of the pivotal was for when I 
joined seminary. I had been contemplating it over that summer, and I went on a retreat. Um, and I remember being incredibly fearful, really scared about making this decision to join seminary, and um, or at least at least even ask for an application. Um, but it was deeply upon my heart. And so I went in to prayer, and we were praying the rosary. Uh, and I had this experience, which I now understand to be mental prayer, where you kind of imagine um, the, the people of the, the decade that you're praying. You imagine them before you. And we were praying with the nativity. And I it was like kind of imagining the cave where Mary was holding baby Jesus, and Joseph was there, and and I remember pouring out my heart and being very honest, being saying, I'm very scared that if I go and choose seminary or priesthood, I'm going to be alone. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. Who are going to be my friends? And somewhere in the depths of me, I felt Mary look at me um, in this prayer moment and heard her speak. And she said, Sean, when I said yes to Gabriel, I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I didn't know that my son was going to be beaten in front of me, nor did I know that he was going to die on the cross before my eyes. And so she was speaking to the fear within me. And, and I remember hearing this, this inner voice that said, and whatever you suffer, because that was my ultimate fear, is suffering. Whatever you suffer, I will be there at the foot of your cross, just as I was at the foot of my, my son's cross. And it gave me such incredible courage. She didn't say, like, buck up, man. Like, she didn't, she didn't <laughs> chastise me for feeling that way. She right. didn't do any of that. She just gave me this courage by her gentleness that I was able to walk into that meeting and ask the vocation director, I'd like to like to apply. Um, and that was a, that's a real profound moment for me. And, of course, there's been others. But that was a, a pivotal for me of, of understanding Mary, by her gentleness, a constancy, gives us courage to follow the will of the Lord, as she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Christy, who is listening in Las Vegas. Hi, Christy. You're on the air with Father Sean Grismer. Uh, yes, hello. Thank you. I just wanted um, to uh, make the comment that um, I'm currently reading Our Lady of Quebejo. Um It's uh, set right before the Rwandan genocide and the AIDS epidemic in Africa. And the Blessed Mother started appearing there. And every time that she appears, I mean, for people who uh, feel that we as Catholics um, venerate the Blessed Mother, um, every time she appears to the faithful, she doesn't say, she's not, this is not self-promotion anyway. She's not saying, follow me, worship me. She's saying, I am here to give you messages, you know, of, of Christ's infinite love for you and forgiveness, and I am here to lead souls back to my son, as well as, um, I just, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say, but um, basically that's it, that every no, that, time that great, the Christy. Blessed Virgin appears. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, and Father Grismer, that, that's something that I remember before I ever came into the church. Uh, what Christy said there, my own sponsor, and this was before I ever knew he was going to be my sponsor, but I, I had asked him, you know, okay, what about Mary? And he made the comment of, we were in an adoration chapel, actually, as he was kind of explaining what, you know, the adoration chapel was, the monstrance, you know, all of this different. And I just said, well, there's this statue of Mary in the corner. If, if this is about Jesus, why is Mary here? And he said, well, look at her posture. 
she's kind of there in the back corner. Her hands are open, just kind of low. Uh, they're almost ushering you forward toward her son. And he, he said at that point, he said, you know, if you ever come across a message that purports to be from Mary, and it's Mary talking about how great she is, well, you might want to watch out for that message, because most genuine messages that the Church approves, they all have to do with Mary not making it about herself at all, but it's always about Jesus. Right. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking the same thing as Christy as you were speaking, so thank you for sharing that, that the Church actually regulates and will say, like, this is not from our Blessed Mother, right? The Church, as a good mother, will say, this is not from her, because it's self-promotion, or it's... Um, it's too, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't bring Christ into it, and so when only when we know that, only when she brings Christ, do we know that it's an authentic one. Father, let's go to Cindy, who's listening in the Twin Cities. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for calling into the Inner Life today. You're on the air. Hi. I just wanted to share an experience. In 1981, in my early 20s, I had toxic shock syndrome, and I was in intensive care unit. And the doctor had said, you have four hours to live. So I believed I was dying, and in my suffering and my pain, I became aware of Our Lady's present at the, her presence at the right side of my hospital bed. And she only said one thing to me. She said, you shall not die, and I will be with you on your journey. Well, sure enough, I mean, I'll just say, she stayed with me as a comforting mother until I fell asleep. And sure enough, five days later, I began to recover. And now I'm 65 years old, and she's been with me every step of the way. And the most important part of this is I grew up in an orphanage with no mother. And so when I had that experience, I said, so this is what it means to have a mother, a comforting mother in your suffering. And so I've been able to share that, and she I want everyone to know she is with everyone every step of the way, whether or not you're aware of it. But here I am, 65 years old, and Mary is my mother, as she is yours. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Cindy. Thank you so much. What an encouragement that you gave to so many listeners uh, that are, Mary is with us, right? And that's that's a beautiful reminder that even in our deepest and darkest suffering, even when we think we're going to die, she is with us. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And just because the doctors give us a word of death, the Lord comes in with a word of life. So thank you so much, Cindy, for sharing that. Uh, Father, if somebody is, uh, you know, in a place, you know, Cindy and a couple of the other callers have said, oh, I didn't really have any sort of devotion to Mary, but something prompted me to all of a sudden turn to our Blessed Mother. If somebody's listening right now and saying, uh, I'm listening, I'm interested, but I really don't know where to start, what would be a good place that somebody could get to know Mary, start to develop that devotion to her? Um, you know, start praying the rosary is one of the things that comes to my mind. Is there a book you might recommend? Or maybe uh, learning more about a specific saint that had a devotion to Our Lady? All of the above, Josh. All of the above. I think the first thing we, we do is we ask. Jesus says, you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be open. So we just ask Jesus. Jesus, if this is something that you want for me, and it's prompted in my heart, then I ask you to lead me to a, a healthy devotion or, 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 or to a book or to a, a prayer. 
Um, so we just we just ask Jesus for that grace. The second thing is we do we do our own research. What interests me about Mary? Um, is it her is it her motherhood? Is it her suffering? Is it whatever a part of that is? Um, because then we now find a little path for ourselves. So the rosary, of course, or if it seems too large at first, then I would say a decade. Just start with a decade. Um, if that seems like too much, just start with three Hail Marys. Um, we can walk ourselves, walk with Blessed Mother, but we walk ourselves toward a, a devotion. Um, a book I would recommend um, is Father Michael Gately has a 33 Days to Morning Glory. And I think in that book, that is a consecration book, but you could just read it. It's very simple, day by day, and it's the it's like a page and a half um, about different teachings of Mary or different saints, Mother Teresa, John Paul II, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, who we've already spoken about. Very simple teachings that they that they that they write about our Blessed Mother. So that that's another I think kind of gives you a a smattering of various teachings of our Blessed Mother from the various saints. Uh, and so if you do have a favorite saint, ask them, what was your devotion like to our Blessed Mother? Because heaven and earth interconnect. Yeah, you know, one that I, I always think of, because I remember uh, St. John Paul II, he yeah. really had devoted his pontificate to Our Lady, and he talked about uh, True Devotion to Mary, the book. Um, yeah. That, yeah. that was such an impact on him. Uh, it really, really uh, changed the way that he looked at how we live our life, and just offering everything to Our Lady, uh, and she would take it to Jesus. So that's another that's another book that stands out in my mind. By Louis de Montfort, exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think he also has another one that I remember um, reading. I think it's called the S- the Secrets of the Rosary, something like that's that. That's right. Yep. Yeah, the Secrets of the Rosary. another, and that that might be a more approachable book um, to if somebody is just starting to read something by Saint Louis de Montfort. Um, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Pam, who's listening in Indiana. Hi, Pam. You're on the air here on The Inner Life. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, my name is Pam Barton, and I am a retired Army wife and stay-at-home mom. And uh, about 22 years ago, I was going through a difficult time, and a neighbor um, invited me over to her house to pray the rosary. It was during Lent, and she knew I was Catholic. And um, honestly, at that time of my life, I wasn't very comfortable with somebody asking me to their house to pray. Um, I, prayer was something I did before meals and before bed and at mass, but um, that was kind of an intimate thing. But um, I knew there were some other ladies that were going, and so I took a leap, leap of faith, and I said yes. Um, but I went home, and I immediately Googled how to pray the rosary because I remember my mom teaching me when I was a little girl. But uh, I remember when she taught me, I thought, why are all these Hail Marys any better than one? Why do we have to keep repeating them? And it just seemed like a boring thing to me. Well, I went um, to this woman's house, and it was just lovely. She lit a candle, and we prayed a scriptural rosary, where there was a verse of scripture with each Hail Mary. And then, so I learned to meditate on the mysteries of the rosary. And then it all made so much more sense to me. And, And Our Lady really drew me to know her son through the rosary, and I began to see miracles in my life. And I, and my faith grew in so many ways. I became a catechist, and I became uh, involved in my my parish and in women's ministries. And I started to teach 
um, classes on how to pray the rosary. And I was part of a, a group called the Military Council of Catholic Women. And I went on a retreat. And at this retreat, I heard another woman speak. Her name was Marlene Watkins. And she gave a Lord's virtual pilgrimage experience. And I heard about the beautiful apparitions where Our Lady prayed the rosary with this 14-year-old girl, Bernadette, 18 times, and that millions of people come and pray the rosary in this beautiful rosary processions. And so my heart was burning. I thought, someday I've got to go to Lourdes. Well, the following year, my husband got restationed in Germany, and so I thought, I can go to Lourdes. And not only did Our Lady bring me there, um, she brought all three of my children. And long story short, I'm now on the board of directors, and I'm a Lord's Virtual Pilgrimage Guide, and I am with uh, my co-guide, Teresa Lewis. We're on our way back home from giving a virtual pilgrimage in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're on our way home to Wisconsin. We're passing through Indiana, and I said, you want to listen to something? We turned on Relevant Radio, and lo and behold, it's Father Sean Brismer, who is a, a a chaplain on our pilgrimages to Lords, and so we had to call in and just share how beautiful Our Lady is, and she shares, um, and she just enriches our faith and draws us so close to her son Jesus, and we see that in so many beautiful, beautiful um, encounters in the grotto, and so just a call out to Father Grismer, thank you for serving Our Lady of Lords with us, and um, we just are thank so grateful. <laughs> grateful. Thanks, Pam. So good to hear you, and hey, Teresa, it is uh it's a privilege to be able to travel to Lords and um and then there's the virtual pilgrimages which if you don't know what that is it's bringing Lords to parishes and that's a and I would encourage if there's any priests listening um to reach out to North American Lords volunteers and bring Lords to your parish it is a powerful powerful night that you will not regret um it's just really really wonderful so i'm uh, I'm yes it's such an honor to to serve our lady um and that as a chaplain to that to that group um, and so thank you, Pam, for calling in and sharing your own experience with Our Lady and the Rosary. That's beautiful. The scriptural Rosary is very powerful. Yeah, thanks for the call, Pam, and uh, <laughs> safe travels on your way back home there from your pilgrimage. Uh, Father, we're down to just our last minute or so here. Uh, Our Lady of Lourdes, you know, it's one of those very, very popular um, pilgrimage sites. Uh, there are miracles that can be so associated with Our Lady of Lourdes or Our Lady of Guadalupe, or Our Lady of Fatima. Um, that that's that's always secondary. I think it's important to bring out. You know, we we want to make sure that when we turn to Mary, we're not just asking for miracles. We want to get to know her son better. Yeah. Yep. It's always about that. It's always about getting to know Jesus through her. And the more the more we spend time with both of them, the more we, we get to know who Jesus is. And so, uh, but she helps us through that on, that, on that path. Right. Those miracles, they're just icing on the cake at that point. So. Absolutely. Uh, Father, in our last 30 seconds here, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude today? Absolutely. God, our Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to speak about the woman that you chose to be the mother of your son. I ask your Holy Spirit upon all those who are listening, all I ever recorded, that they would come to a deeper encounter of relationship with Jesus, through the Blessed Mother. So through the Immaculate Conception of Mary, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you so much, Father. Have a wonderful afternoon, and thank you so much for listening today to The Inner Life. If you missed any portion of the broadcast from earlier, you can, of course, go back and listen to the podcast. Tomorrow, coming up, we're going to talk about finding time for silence. 
Very, very difficult in a busy, noisy world. But we're going to talk about that. Hope you can join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Have a wonderful day.